0: in with Sal. Today is April 20th at 8:27 p.m. I'm your host Salvatore Giacchino and this is episode number six of the podcast. Today I'm here with one of my good buddies, Matt. How you doing, man? I'm doing good and glad to be here. Now, Matt is a avid fisherman. Well, I guess the proper term
1: would be angler, correct? I mean, yeah, but I don't... I don't, you know, I don't get too crazy about that kind of stuff. The only
0: thing, the I, I, only reason I said that is because I guess fishermen would be like
1: more commercial, right? Yeah, I mean, technically, uh, if you get down to it, so, I mean, I don't, I don't do any of that boat stuff, uh, you know, throwing nets out and everything, but. So, you, you live up in, in New York primarily,
0: um, so where, where do you mostly go fishing at? You don't have to get, get I know you're.
1: Fishermen are pretty secretive
0: (laughs) about their spots, but you don't have to give exact locations, but...
1: Yeah, so I mean, for, uh, like, my biggest thing lately has been uh, steelhead fishing, so I do a lot of that around, like, the Lake Erie tributaries, um, both in Erie, Pennsylvania, and then pretty much anywhere between Erie and Buffalo, there's probably over a dozen good creeks that you can fish. I fish, you know, like five or six of those. Now, whenever you're doing that, are you fly fishing or? Yeah, yeah. So I fly fish pretty much all all year round. I try to do that as much as possible. I started that a couple years ago and ever since I started fly fishing, it's, I mean, I've always been a fisherman, but ever since I started fly fishing, I have like, fell in love with fishing all over again like it was crazy yeah so um
0: i guess we could get into this too how uh what's like the earliest memory you have of
1: fishing i say like the earliest memory i don't know exactly what age i was but i i remember there was one of my one of my uncle's buddies had a pond right behind his house actually and um they would, like, my parents would always take us there, and he actually had a couple pet deer, oddly enough, and we would, so we'd, like, go and go fishing and stuff, and then we would, like, pet these deer, too, and they would just, like, walk right up to us, we'd be hanging out with the deer fishing.
0: No, was that, like, that was little, pretty cool. uh, like, a like, a panfish pond or, or something
1: like Mostly, that? Mostly, yeah, okay. yeah, there wasn't any, I mean, it was, you know, a small, like, farm pond kind of gotcha. thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Um... There was like a little platform out in the middle, like floating platform we could go out and fish on to and like they would swim out to and everything. That was pretty fun.
0: So okay, <laughs> so you said you're you do regular so what's there's fly fishing, so what would be the term for like a regular just regular fishing, like barber fishing or something like that? Um
1: like spin fishing. with okay. a spinning
0: reel. Okay. Um or conventional. Oh fishing, conventional, stuff like okay, that. that makes sense. So but your
1: favorite type is probably fly fishing i uh, yeah i'd say so i mean recently it's just like i mean not to not to sound weird but like it's more intimate like with like you're just i don't know you you get you're using your hands a lot more i think you're feeling the line like constantly because you're the line is more of what you're fishing with than the actual real half the time right so it's just I don't know. it's it's just uh, a lot more involved. Okay, I think. so
0: what what kind of uh, what kind of setup do you use for fly fishing?
1: Like what would be like your loadout if you were to go out tomorrow and go fly fishing? Um well, I mean it all depends on like what I'd be going for. Like if I'm going for like regular stock trout or something, I have uh, a four weight, which is like the weights of your like fly rods the lower number you get, the lighter tackle it is. Okay. Um, so like the, the weight, like if you have a four weight, you have a four weight rod and then a four weight reel and, a, and four weight line. And that's all specific to that weight. And it all factors into how well you can actually cast with it. Because if you have, you know, say you go out and get a, a four weight rod, but then you get like eight weight line and a 4-weight reel or something then one you're probably not going to be able to fit all of that line on the reel because it's thicker line and two it's going to be like really hard to cast because like just the weight ratio to how you're trying to cast it would be off okay okay <clears throat> um so like what kind of what kind of tackle
0: would you use
1: um that also kind of depends on, like, what you're fishing for. So, like, if you're fishing for, like, s- like trout, again, mm-hmm. I'd probably use, like... I mean, you're using smaller stuff normally, and it all depends on... Like, a lot of times you're trying to, like, match the hatch, so you're...
0: What, is, what does that mean, match the hatch?
1: Which would be, like, you're looking at what bugs are actually active at that time, so, like, you know... Say, like, you're... Say it's, like, you know, beginning of June, something like that, and you're out in the middle of Pennsylvania, like, just because I'm going on a trip here, actually, a couple weeks, um, you're probably looking at, at, like, sulfur bugs, which are, uh, I mean, that's, like, an actual kind of bug, sulfurs. Okay. And uh, that's, like, whenever they're hatching is, like, end of May, beginning of June, or just throughout May, really. And um, there's, I mean tons of these bugs, depending on the weather, just tons of these bugs everywhere. And, um, that's what you're trying to use is like, so you're
0: trying to mimic the, ta- you're trying to make your tackle mimic the size and shape of all yeah. the bugs and stuff yes. that are natural around the, Oh, exactly. well, that's kind of cool. Now, yeah. do you,
1: do you make your own flies or do you, uh, just buy them? Normally I just buy them. I do have like a, a vice and everything that I can tie my own flies with, but I mean I just don't. One, it's it's difficult to make them look really good, um, and I just don't have the patience to. There's mm-hmm. a couple flies that I can tie pretty well, but other than that, I usually just go out and buy them. Okay. Definitely is cheaper to tie to your own. Though. Tie your own. Yeah.
0: So now, could you use like? I guess it would. All the materials for making your own flies would mostly be like natural materials, right? Like, natural
1: down feathers and stuff like that, that aren't gonna, like, get all ugly when they get wet. Yeah, so you're, um, you're usually, I mean, there's, like, you know, they use, like, for streamers and stuff, they use, like, bucktail, where it's, like, actually just deer hair, and, uh, I mean, there's just so many different kinds of feathers, like, hackle, different, like, parts of, like, wings, different things like that, like, there's so many different kinds of feathers and hair. Like there's a uh, rabbit hair that you can use, but it a lot of the times it is like natural material that comes off of an animal. Um, but there are synthetic oh, okay. uh, synthetic materials too. Now, how many uh, how many knots can you tie? How like,
0: many knots? Like, do um, you know a bunch of different knots, or do you just know do, one and stick with it?
1: I mainly use probably like two or three knots that can get me through. Um, but I mean, if there's other, like, there are like certain instances where I need to know, like how to use a different knot and I kind of know how to tie them, but I mean, you know, YouTube and Google are an yeah, right. awesome thing. Well, I, just...
0: I, I know whenever i I'm such a bad fisher. Is, I'm so happy that you're on because I really don't know anything about fishing. Like I had to do a bunch of research to even be able to ask you some <laughs> questions here. Cause probably in my life, I've probably only caught. I say tops five fish, and 75% of them were bluegill in the little municipal pond. Yeah. So, and, like, I think two trout from, like, right outside a hatchery. Yeah. So, basically cheating. But, <laughs> but um, so I don't know anything. Like, and I guess maybe I, the reason I've never caught, I've gone fishing a bunch, but I've never really caught anything. So I'm thinking the main reason is there's probably something I'm doing wrong.
1: Because I like, it could be.
0: Because, like, my main thing... I've... Even watching the videos about, like, people putting on bait and stuff, and I've just realized that I've been putting worms on hook the wrong way my whole life. <laughs> I always, like, put them on because I didn't want them to come off. I'd yeah. always put them on, loop them on, like, three or four times, so it'd just be a little knot of worm yeah. hanging on the hook. And maybe that just doesn't look that appealing to fish. Um, but I've seen all the other ones. They I guess it was, could be called the, like... Texas rig, quote, Texas rig. Yeah. Where they kind of just, like, hang the worm off so
1: it kind of looks like it's alive, still moving in the water. Yeah. So, whenever you say a worm, you mean, like, a plastic worm or, like, an actual Like, me... Like, a night crawler. Yeah, like a
0: night crawler or something. Me, I would... I'd, like, tie it in, like, a knot around the hook, basically.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, whenever I, like... I mean, it's been a while since I've used, like, a worm or whatever on a hook just because try fly fishing for, like, everything I can. Right. Just because it's, like, that added challenge mm-hmm. now. I mean, whenever I, like, worm fish, I don't, like, like you were saying, like, I don't hang it, like, I don't, like, hook it once and, like, just leave it drift or whatever. I do, like, loop it on quite a few times, but I definitely try and leave, you know, like, a good, at least two or three inches of it hanging off. Because, you know, that, like, just if it's just a, yeah. if it's just a ball, like, a real <laughs> tight ball, then it's, not really much that the fish can see action wise because they're definitely looking for like more natural movement, too. A lot of the time, not all the time, but
0: so a lot do of time you time that'll
1: extra. That so, that'll whenever
0: extra. you uh conventional fish, do you um do you normally use live bait or do you use a lot of lures and uh
1: like plastic worms and stuff like that? It, I mean, it depends. I'd, I definitely um. I fish with bait a lot. I mean, just because like, especially in the summer, I enjoy doing that. Like, there's um a couple places that I go down here around uh, it's like actually around like uh, like Newkin area kind of, um that I like just go in the morning and actually just like walk in the creek and like find crayfish and stuff, catch them like throw them in a bucket, and then whenever I get enough of those, hook those and just toss them out and sit there and kick back, drink some beers, and wait for the line to go. That sounds fun, yeah. What, uh, what do you think your biggest (laughs) catch you've ever had was? My biggest catch was definitely the, uh, the king salmon that I caught this past season. It was, uh, it was 39 inches, and I would say probably about, like, 25 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah,
0: it was a big boy. That's big. Now, I see you post on your Instagram all the time. You not really, or you catching all these fish. Do you not really like keep any of them, or? No,
1: I usually catch and release. Okay, okay. Is there anything that you would fish for that you would keep? Uh, yeah, I would say. Uh, I think the last fish that I did keep was, uh, I caught like a bunch of uh, a big big bluegill, and I mean they were like the size of my hand. So I mean they were like nice size bluegill. And, um, I mean, I don't keep them all the time because they're a lot of work to clean, Mm -hmm. but, um, they are very good eating. If you, you know, fillet them up and get enough of them and deep fry them, they're real good. So like panfish, um, perch if they're big enough for sure. And then walleye is probably like my number one. I don't saltwater fish a lot. So I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of, you know, out of the... Out of my... Okay, so... And
0: you caught that king salmon fly fishing then? Yeah. You were telling me something a while... Oh my god, that's a giant fish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even look real. It's a real. freaking monster.
0: You were telling me something about... Um, like, I was asking about, like, the, something about two different kinds of salmon, and, like... But you were telling me that they actually, like, changed the way they look whenever they, like, move into colder waters or something like that?
1: Yeah, so it's actually, like, whenever they're out in the... So, the salmon that I fish for are just um, Great Lake salmon, Great Lake salmon. So, they're actually... Um, the only species, I believe, that is uh, indigenous to the Great Lakes is the Atlantic salmon. Okay. Um, but there are king salmon and coho salmon and, and pink salmon an Atlantic salmon, I believe, in the Great Lakes, but they're like real salmon fishing for, you know, like king salmon is they run they they live in the ocean they run into rivers that feed into the ocean, but I haven't had the opportunity to do that. So all the salmon fishing that I've done has been out of the Great Lakes. You know, whenever they're out in the Great Lakes, they the appearance of them is you know like with a king salmon, it's silver, like. The whole side of it, okay. except for like the very top, it's, like has a little bit of a black look to it, but the whole side is like, I mean, it's almost like a mirror, it's like pure silver. And then, um, whenever they run into the creeks, they go through like kind of stages where they turn like a goldish color and then turn to like a green and then they turn like almost black. I mean, hmm. they, they like, you know, differ. Some of them look, like, a little bit more brown than right, green. Right, right. Like
0: a mixture of all,
1: the, all yeah. the colors sometimes. Yeah, and then they end up, I mean, I've seen some where they almost look like jet black wow. whenever they've been in there for so long. And and their faces actually change, too, right? Yeah, I mean... Or is it just something really with the like,
0: colors, like, making it look that yeah, way? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. But... With uh, like king salmon, they once they run up the stream, they start to die. Like that's Not just really? part of their part of their process. Like they don't run up the stream every year. They're in the lake until they're ready to spawn in the lake or ocean until they're ready to spawn. Then they run up the stream to spawn, and that like begins the end of their life cycle. Um, they go up and you know do their deed, and, and then they just die. Yeah, and they start to die, like literally from the outside-in, kinda, like, they... Really? Like, I've caught some where, like, pieces of skin are, like, falling off of them. Oh,
0: wow. So they, like, yeah, almost they, just rot together. They literally rot until they're dead. Wow. And that's whenever you'll start seeing, like, like, bears and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, out. yeah. Have um, you ever run
0: into any bears while you're salmon fishing? I have fishing? not
1: run into any bears because, uh... Like, the places that I salmon fish have, like, quite a... They're not, like, really remote, um... Up in, like, Pulaski, Pulaski, Pulaski um, up in Upper New York, it's a little bit more remote. I okay. don't know if they really have bears in that region, though. Um, but I've definitely seen a couple of places, I've seen lots and lots of seagulls. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. There's probably see
0: that. Is there like crows and stuff there too or? yeah oh yeah so you I mean, see just all like kinds all of, scavenger birds yeah, all over the all place kinds
1: of scavenger birds but there's definitely a lot of seagulls because they're not bothered by
0: people <laughs> do you run into uh if you don't run into bears do you run into
1: a uh, game commission at all um i mean i see them sometimes but really it's been weird how like i've, I've fished in like times where there's a ton of fishermen out and I really haven't seen that many game Commission and I don't know if that's I know they do stand on the stream a lot like and dress as fishermen and kind of and they'll kind them. of just yeah they'll kind of just watch for people that whether they like because you're in New York you don't have to have your license displayed but okay. in Pennsylvania you do so I know Pennsylvania game Commission fish Commission, will like just actually just dress as fishermen walk up and down the streams with a fishing rod and everything and uh look for people that don't have their license displayed um i've been stopped probably in the past like five years i've been stopped like three times i think never every time it's just been cool oh yeah i mean they just ask to see your license you know run it check it and then that's you know how you doing today ask how you did like if you caught anything or whatever and that's it yeah normally the
0: interactions between the game commission are pretty good yeah um, I know I watch a lot of that uh, like Lone Star Law and Northwood's yeah. Law where it's like game commission in Maine and Texas and places um, and they all seem to be really cool unless you're doing something really stupid and trying to hide it like if yep. you catch if you they catch you with a bucket full of 30 undersized fish like clearly yeah. trying to hide it you're gonna get get shit for it so i mean i guess if you're not doing anything wrong they're, they're super cool that's like any sort of law enforcement though oh yeah
1: for sure i mean they're just they're literally i mean everybody that i've ran into they're there for either you know the people's safety or the fish's safety like they're trying to make sure that you're following the regulations to make sure that the fish population stays healthy have you ever, I've been into on YouTube, I was telling Morka the other day, um, like
0: hunter harassment and fisherman harassment. Have you ever been like harassed by someone like trying to stop you from fishing or like trying like trying to keep you from fishing in a certain spot or anything like that? You mean like law enforcement or just any like, and like random random people is normally what I see like somebody will be fishing and like some bystander doesn't like the fact that they're fishing they try to like cause all kinds of havoc and like throw rocks in the water and stuff like that or or just like keep harassing
1: the the fishermen have you ever had any experiences like that um i would say the only the only time that i've ever really had any kind of encounter like that would be like um, I was close to somebody's property line and like the property owners were getting mad that I was, cl- I, mean, I wasn't on their property, but I was close to the line or whatever. Like I could see the posted signs mm-hmm. and I wasn't like, I wasn't casting onto their property. I wasn't standing on their property or anything. I was just fishing near it and they got pretty mad, but, um,
0: well that, kinda, that, not really. That kind of gets into it too. Like I said earlier in the episode, um, I, is it really true that like, fishermen like don't want to share their spots with anyone and if you share their spot like if if your buddy shows you a real good fishing spot and then you go and show your other buddy they'll get like
1: super pissed off at you um it depends on depends on the fishermen because i i have some buddies that i mean i'm i'm even there's certain spots that i'm kind of protective over Mm -hmm. because i know that they're a little bit more hush hush than other than other spots You know, nowadays with you know Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, everybody wanting to be Instagram famous, right stuff for uh, for posting stuff. There's some people that get really mad about posting stuff. There's some people that are super private about posting stuff. Where I've seen like them post a picture of them holding a fish, and they literally go and they edit the picture and just scribble out. Everything except for them and the fish, like they oh, go in really? with a black, like yeah, with like a black edit, and like just sh- scribble out the background, so like other people can't look at the background and see where they are. Oh wow! Like yeah, I mean, so it, it gets, does get pretty serious. Oh yeah, then. oh yeah. And I mean, I I understand, like with um with fishing in like Erie, Pennsylvania, there's like it's super popular there, so you're really not gonna hide much. There's people go every that people know the streams. There's no hidden streams up there really. And people know pretty much all the spots that you can go to to catch fish, for steelhead. It just, it's a little crazy, but I like I understand it. But it gets a little ridiculous sometimes. I I, I guess I can see it, but
0: I see some stories like people actually getting into like fights and feuds and stuff for
1: sharing a, a secret fishing spot. Um. I have- uh, I follow a couple pages on Facebook, um, like Steelhead pages and stuff. That I have seen, not uh, I've, I've seen some pretty serious arguments. <laughs> Oh, really? On, like, comments. Yeah. Oh, wow. For people, like, posting pictures, and they're, like, people are complaining to that person who posted the picture, like, hey, you better hide your spots, or something like that, or oh, wow. or your spot burning, and... Uh, so there's a name for it. Yeah. Spot burning. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do
0: you have a... Is there, like, a famous fisherman that, you, like, you follow, or do you keep up
1: with, like, pro fishermen, or anything like that? Um, I don't really follow, like, like, pro fishermen or anything, I mean, there's, like, there's a couple, um, like, pages, like, like, Steelhead Manifesto is, like, a really, really big page that I follow on Facebook and Instagram, and that's, like, I mean, it's run by, like, one specific guy, and he kind of, he's sponsored by, I think he works for a rod, like, a big-name rod company, but, um, there's not really anybody, like, any pro there's like pro staff where they're like sponsored and okay. work for companies, but it's not like a like not, competition. You're not, not watching like that. ESPN, Fishing no. Network, I'm watching. No, I'm not really. I mean. I like bass fishing, but it's not like my go-to thing. Really? And that's like usually what's on what's on ESPN. Yeah,
0: like bass fishing competitions yeah.
1: and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not really my forte.
0: Now you we you mentioned a uh, little bit ago about uh, spot burning. So I when, whenever I was looking stuff up, I found that there's a ton of different like nicknames and slang terms that fishermen use. What are some of the craziest ones you've, you've ever heard of? Like, slang Because, like, I know surfers, I know, like, surfers, like, have, like, names for people who don't surf or just, like, swim in the water or something like that. Do you have any, like, sort of terms like that? Or, um, like, do you call, like, people who don't fish, like, normies or something like that? So,
1: um, well, I mean, there's, like, so, there's one type of fishing, uh, called, uh, center pinning. And, it's, it's... It looks similar to, like, to somebody that doesn't fish, really, or they don't fly fish or center pin fish. Um, It looks similar to fly fishing because the big round reel that sits sideways rather than, you know, like, round up and down, it's round sideways on your... Like, it sits like a fly reel, but it's it's different, and it kind of gives you, like, once you know how to cast it, it kind of gives you a perfect drift. So, like... I don't know. There's kind of like a like an unspoken competitiveness between fly fishing and center pinning. I think, at least in my group of friends, because we have a couple guys that center pin, mm-hmm. um, and I know that pretty commonly center pinners are called pinheads.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. See, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Do you have any? Is there any other like like slang terms for if like someone does something like really stupid or if they're like.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I know that, like, I know my, like, me and my friends, um, and, like, plenty of other people call, like, you know, the guys that go out there decked out in the gear, like, you know, they go by, like, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going, to am going to you know, best get, they buy, yeah, they go out dressed to the nines with, like, expensive gear, and they really don't know what they're doing, um, we call them, and. Us along with a bunch of other people call them yuppies or Googans. Googans, yeah, Googans. That's fine. Yeah.
0: Now I actually printed out a list of some term, some terms. Hang on, I got to open this window real quick. Hopefully, it doesn't get too windy. Um, but I looked up some some terms that are fishing. I want to see if I have the definitions here too. But I want to read them off and see if you can tell me. What they are, okay. um, and tell the listeners what they are actually. Um, so the first one I have written here is buzz bait.
1: Yeah, so that's just like a. I mean, I think that's like actually a lore. So it's um, at least what I know a buzz bait is. Um, it's kind of like a top water bait that has basically some blades on the top of it that spin and it kind of chucks water up around and makes it bubble as it as you reel it in. Okay, yeah, that's that's exactly. What, I wrote. what about crank bait? Uh crankbait is like so that's like a lure. It's usually like a little bit shorter and has a uh, bill on the front of it whenever you reel it in and like wobbles along. Okay. I don't really know. So I mean, it looks like it's kinda swimming of a, a little bit more yeah.
0: more like side to side almost. Yeah. Um and then I'm assuming jerk bait is kind of the same thing, but jerkbait's
1: similar, except it's usually like a I think it's also referred to as a stick bait. Okay. A lot of the times. Um, like I said, these are more of like bass fishing. Kind of things, and that's not really
0: your forte. My
1: biggest—I, I mean, I do bass fish, but like that's not like my biggest thing. Um, but jerk baits are like, you know, usually like a little bit, like they have a longer profile and a little bit skinnier, and they still have the pat, like the bill in front. But whenever you're bringing it in, you actually literally jerk it. Um, you jerk your rod, and it kind of makes it jerk side to side in the water. Oh, okay. Um, what about what about gear ratio? What do you gear ratio? About? Oh, so that's I mean that's like whenever you're um that's usually spinning rods and um like sp- spinning reels and bait casters. So that's kinda like your um your gears inside the reel. So whenever you're you know, one crank on the uh, handle one turn, and then it turns the spindle one turn. That's not usually how it goes. Um, usually, you turn the handle once, and it spins. You know, at, like two or three yeah. times, or so. okay, whatever so, the ratio. So the
0: is. ratio is the number of times. Yeah, turn So usually the handle for the spindle. Yeah. Okay. So
1: if you're trying to get a faster retrieve, you're not sitting there like really you know, just cranking it out. Cranking away and just, just pulling yeah. it in inches at a time. You're, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, um, so basically the like a higher gear ratio helps you reel in faster. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, what about backing? No, that's a fly fishing thing. Okay. Um, backing is... So you have your fly line, which is usually like a... I mean, it's a... Like if you're looking at floating fly line, there's all kinds of different fly line, but usually your first... You know like eight i don't know what it is exactly 70 yards 80 yards um of the line are this thick fly line which i have floating line on all of my stuff because um this is what i use um that's what i what serves the best purpose for me and that's pretty thick you know it's probably like a couple millimeters thick you obviously can't get a ton of that on your reel um, because it's so thick, whatever. So you have so many yards of that, and then underneath that, it goes to like a. It's called backing. It's kind of like braided line where it's like a, like a thin rope. Okay, I guess is the best layman's term. So for So they it, just that put can... that on to save room on the reel, kinda. right? And then so you get a couple stuff. extra. Yeah, you get a couple, couple hundred yards of that on your reel, so that you know if you get a big fish on or something. And it really starts taking line, you don't have you do not you don't only have like a hundred yards of line on there. You have, you know, a couple hundred still, but it goes as this thinner line that really its only purpose is if the fish really takes off. Okay, to
0: just to have that extra line. To have distance. extra line. It doesn't serve so, any
1: purpose for the actual fishing How far how far is your actual like an average cast fly fishing? Um well I mean you know, it depends on the water you're fishing. If you're fishing a... I fished a small creek before for trout, like native trout that were like, you know, seven inches long, six inches long, and I'm literally just using nine feet of line and that's it and just kind of flicking it out because the stream is, you know, no wider than, you know, it's like half half the width of a road with right. that. You know, it's like, even okay. even smaller. And, um, I've also fished, you know, bigger, bigger creeks or, you know, lakes that, you know, I'm probably throwing out 20, 30 yards. Okay. But, you know, that's me as a somewhat unexperienced. I mean, I consider myself a pretty moderate caster, but, um, there's people that probably cast out a hundred yards wow. or, or longer. I don't know. I mean, they cast. They bomb casts. Really? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's competitions for that stuff. Uh, for fly for, fishing casting, yeah. It's
0: really? Just to see how far someone can cast? Yeah. That's crazy. And they, it's, I think of, like... It's crazy to watch ma- it. That makes me think of, like, they're doing it like Happy Gilmore. Getting yeah. A, getting a running start and throwing yeah. it. It's um, it's
1: insane, actually, to watch. It's really cool because, I mean, if you watch somebody that's really good at fly casting, it's... I mean, it's like an art, because you can see their line the whole time, too. And just, I mean, there's a specific... Whenever you're casting, you want to have a loop in your line. It's where it's like... I mean, you, on your back cast, you pull it back, and you want to feel the tension on your rod, and you feel the rod actually, like, load up, and then you bring it forward. And as you're bringing it forward, not all of like. Part of your line's moving back still, and some of it's going forward. So, I mean, you have, like, literally a loop in your line, and it's just kind of laying over top of itself hmm. and going. So, I mean, it's, so it's crazy you're, looking to so see really long casts.
0: So whenever you're casting far like that, you're almost using the the weight of the rod as, like, a spring coming forward, throwing yeah, the line. Yeah, absolutely. That's, no, why, well. that's why you have that <laughs> thick-weighted line. Oh, okay. I always wondered if they used actual like weights or anything on the end of like a fly line or if it's just like the lure and the, and yeah, the fly I
1: mean, and the line. You do use um, you know, like to get down to the bottom if you're really trying to fish deep, then you kind of do have to use some weight, but um any weight that you add to your fly there's like a I mean just like with any any other rod, there's usually Um, like printed right on there there's a recommendation for uh, how many ounces you can throw on that rod Um, and I mean that's the same with uh, same with like fly fishing like whenever I'm casting certain baits and like actually you know really trying to get a long cast on there I can feel if you know the weight is kind of off because it's not as easy to cast it kind of you know it's a little bit easier to tangle up whenever you're casting okay. or it just kind of feels a little bit awkward and there's a couple i mean there's a few baits that you put on and just you know you that fly just feels so right on there Or you're it's flicking just... it out and it just is like seamless and it just lays out there perfect
0: well i'll have to post a in the show notes a video of one of those uh like casting competitions or something like that. It's really that, something that to see. Pretty interesting. Yeah, it's really um, something to see. I'll, yeah, I'll post a video of that in the show notes just so everybody can get a kick out of that. Um, there's there's a couple other terms here. I think I I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what this one is. So I
1: didn't even write the definition. But sight fishing. Yeah, I mean it's it's exactly what it sounds like. But I mean it's a lot of fun. Um, whenever you can see, like especially with um, I mean like bass fishing, people do it in really clear water, but that's, like, I mean, it's a pretty pretty fun way to fish for, like, fly fishing because you're always trying to get that perfect cast, and whenever you can actually see the fish, it's, like, kind of like target shooting. Okay. Like, you really, like, you see that fish, and you know where it is, and you know where you need your bait to go, and then you know, like... you got to figure so out how just, much effort to yeah, put into it to get it right. there. Yeah, because you're usually, like, whenever it's that clear that you're that you can see the fish fish can see you too just as easily so i mean you're trying not to spook it and you're also trying to get in the right position to get a good cast at it and you're also like trying to get it to hit the water in the right spot that you know it'll fall to the depth of the fish at the right time too because i mean if you're fishing in a stream. The water's moving, so I mean, mm. if you cast right on top of the fish, it's going to go right over top of it, and it's not even going to see it.
0: Okay, so in a way, sight fishing is actually harder than like regular fishing, as as far as the like, fish being able to actually see you, and you have right. to kind of maneuver around. Yeah, it. so
1: I mean, I'm not going to necessarily say that it's always harder, because I mean, it's definitely nice knowing that there's definitely fish in front of you. That's true. I guess that's a good um, point. <laughs> Because if you're, you know, if you're fishing stained water where you can't really see it, you don't even know if there's fish in front of you. True. But, but there's definitely a an added difficulty to sight fishing. Um, that's kind of I enjoy sight fishing. Um, there's a couple of my other buddies that don't really like it. So since I like it, I think that like I mean I've tried doing that more. Okay. Um, so I mean I think I I'm. I'm and pretty it's good. Probably, at it. It's
0: I guess it's kinda like hunting in mm. a way. It's more like hunting whenever you can sight fishes. Cause, yeah. Because you could see that. There's big, definitely a stock
1: f- to it. Right, right. Yeah. What's a what's a grand slam? A grand slam. So I mean there's there's a number of grand slams. It's just like uh I mean there's a turkey grand slam even with like hunting. There's um, different uh, breeds of turkey that like throughout the the united states that you can shoot and get a grand slam so like one thing that there's a grand slam for is like um if you're fishing an area that has like say you're fishing upper like uh, lake ontario tributaries for salmon there's a salmon grand slam kind of with uh, mm-hmm. with the king salmon atlantic salmon coho salmon I think that would be considered a Grand Slam or... It's really just kind of grouped as your... There's not one official Grand Slam. Okay. Um, It's kind of just like if you're fishing an area that has these multiple fish in it and you try Get all of them try to catch all the different species yeah. okay so it's more of like a personal goal than yeah.
0: like an actual th- like a set thing right okay i
1: mean there definitely are like some that are more notable than others like in um, specific
0: bodies of water and stuff like that right, they'll right. be like almost like this is the grand slam for this whatever yeah okay
1: yeah so i mean like you go to you go to canada fishing and you know the grand slam would be like uh I don't know, like maybe like a, a muskie, a pike, and a walleye or something like that. Okay, okay that makes sense. What is high-sticking? Do you know what high that term High-sticking?
0: Yeah, do you know what that...
1: Not not a hockey term. Yeah, other than hockey, that's uh, that's the only thing that I've ever... Well, here, I guess I could read the definition for you. Yeah,
0: i am learning something. Um, high-sticking. At least this is a definition from a website I got it from. Uh, the first definition is... In general angling, a term for holding the rod too high when fighting the fish. The rod butt, the rod butt rod should never be narrower angle than 90 degrees in relation to the line direction from lifting on a fish. Apparently it's holding the rod too high when you're fighting a fish. Okay, yeah, I mean
1: I could see that. Um I feel like it would be pretty difficult to I know what it means, by I mean, there's like certain angles of like whenever you're fighting a fish that you like. If you hold your rod at the wrong angle, the hook's probably going to come out. Oh, really? Yeah, um, you definitely have to be wary of spec of uh of the angle that you're holding your rod at, uh, depending on which way the fish is facing. Really, like normally you don't want to say like the fish is to your so the fish is like to your left and it's facing towards you. Okay. You don't want to be pulling your rod to the to the right, okay. because then you're kind of pulling it out of its mouth.
0: Oh, that makes sense. I never really. I always wondered how like
1: a hook could come out of a fish's face. Like yeah. that seems a little ridiculous, but yeah, that makes sense. Especially like you know with um, with fly fishing that it's a it's a big deal, or just using smaller tackle in general. If you're using a small hook it's a lot easier for that thing to come out. There's actually a fly fishing definition here too. It
0: says, in fly fishing, a nymphing technique in which the rod is held high during the drift to reduce drag and maintain maximum contact with the fly. Yeah,
1: see, that makes sense. Um, which, I mean, I've done that before. I've just never heard it called that it's Called really. But it makes sense because you're actually, so whenever you have your, you know, if you're fishing kind of close to you, You know, you cast out, and you're whenever you're fly fishing, you're trying not to have the the water current influence the way your the way your fly is moving. You're trying to get the most natural presentation as possible. Okay. So whenever it's coming down, you don't want your fly line getting pulled by another current in the water, like different. Because I mean, you're whenever you're fishing a river or stream. It's not like the entire thing's moving at the same speed. There's different pockets of water that are moving slower than others. Some are moving faster than others. So if your fly is in a slower bit of water, but your fly line, your thicker fly line is in a faster current of water, or if you're using a float or something like that and it's in a faster current of water, it could actually pull your fly whenever it's down lower I actually pull it with that faster current even though it's sitting in the slower current so it it basically look like it's just moving way faster by itself oh, and that's okay. you know not natural um, so this high sticking method that um, it's talking about there is really just holding your line or holding your rod up higher so that your line isn't sitting on the water oh, okay. and it's kind of just you're picking that line up off more, and so the fly is really the only thing... Making influence. contact with the water. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, now, these
0: are the two two that I got here that were, like, I've never even thought could be a fishing term. Um, one is spank equals spook. Have
1: you ever heard that term? Spank equals spook. I have not heard that, but I can kind of take a guess. Go ahead. What, what's your guess? Um... I'm guessing that like you know if you're if you're slapping the water with your bait, you know if you're casting too hard or something like that or if you're slapping the water with whether it's you know stomping in the water like slapping your feet with or slapping your the water with your feet or slapping the water with your bait then it can spook the fish.
0: That's that's exactly what it says. It says disturbing the water with a overly aggressive cast <laughs> <laughs> will spook the fish. You hope to catch. Yeah. So, okay, so I guess that's where the stereotypical comes in whenever you're fishing. So, (laughs) okay, I never heard that term before at all.
1: Yeah, I haven't, I mean, I haven't heard that exact. I mean, I've had plenty of people, you know, whenever I've started fishing and um, whenever some of my other buddies started, you know, just doing uh, some other kinds of fishing with me, I've been complained at and complained to other people about doing that. But scaring I've never the fish that. because yeah. they're hitting the water too. Oh hard. yeah, for sure. Especially like if it's uh, you know, the smaller, the smaller the body or water. You know, if it's a small creek or a, a pond that's real still or something like that, definitely a lot easier to spook the fish than like a fast moving big river. Right, because there's less stuff going on in the water. Yeah.
0: The last one I have here is called "Walking the Dog."
1: Walking the dog. You have no idea? I don't think I've heard of that one. Do you want to take
0: a guess? Walking the (laughs) (laughs) dog. Well, here, I'll just tell you what what it is. I don't
1: think I have a guess.
0: It's um, a retrieval method used for fishing topwater lures, accomplished by twitching the rod rod tip downward several times, used mostly with spook lures. Okay, yeah, now that you say
1: that, I I have a couple of those lures, actually. Now, what What kind of lure is that? It's it's, a, it's like a topwater. Um, it looks kind of like a... just a tube, honestly. Is it like any... I have this right here, plugs. Is it kind of like that, or... See, I've heard people use the term plugs, and I've seen different lures be called plugs. So, I... I don't know what the true definition of a plug is because I've seen, heard of plenty of people using plugs for different. So it might just be one of those things. terms. Like, I think it's kind of. Like yeah. Kleenex,
0: quote, Kleenex, and everybody yeah. uses for tissue or something like that. Yeah, I so mean,
1: that, I'm not positive. I'm not it's, saying it, that. I the thing know. I have
0: written, written here for plugs is a type of lure made out of wood, plastic, or rubber. Look to it. Imitate uh, minnow, fish, frogs, bugs, etc. Um, can either be floating or sinking. Um,
1: yeah. See, that's a pretty pretty generic. That that's kind of what it seems. Yeah.
0: It seems like it kind of covers almost all kinds of lures. Yeah. I mean, you're not really going to find any lures that aren't made out of wood, metal, or plastic. Like.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much everything.
0: <clears throat> so I I guess that kind of leads us to this last part. Um, being I'm. I'm not really a novice fisherman because I don't really fish, but I guess if I were to get into it, I would be a novice. But um, for any sort of new fisherman out there that could be listening or somebody who wants to start fishing, um, whether it be fly fishing or uh, conventional fishing, what, what's some sort of advice you would give them to start as far as like something that could help them save a lot of money in the long run or something that they could help do
1: just to, just to get better and practice and, and stuff? Um, Well, I would say, first of all, like, just see, one, you need to see what is around you. See what kind of water is around you and figure out what kind of fish you're actually fishing for first because that's, I don't recommend just kind of picking a rod and then going and just fishing for something. You need to actually, like, like, figure out what you're fishing for first before you, if you have no tackle... At all, and you want to pick up fishing, I would definitely figure out what you're gonna fish for first. I don't know. I th- I feel like I s- like the biggest mistake that I see with people is they don't realize how like I mean, fish aren't they're not extremely smart, but they're not they're not stupid. Um, so I mean, there's definitely a certain uh, certain finesse that you need to like just keep in mind. Whenever you're fishing, and it'll definitely help you catch more fish. Don't just go out there and buy like 15 pound test and think that you'll be able to catch anything with it because, you know, there's the fish can see fishing line for sure.
0: Okay. And
1: I see a lot of people making mistakes with that as they go and <clears throat> they'll go to the store and buy a rod that has probably like, you know, eight. 10 pound test on it like if they buy a combo uh like a combo rod and reel and then they'll buy like the eagle claw hooks that already have like the leader tied onto it okay and that's like probably 12 to 15 pound test tied to it and it's like really thick line and then they go and try and throw it for you know trout or whatever really yeah, I mean you definitely can catch fish for it or catch catch fish with it, but if you're fishing for little fish, you don't need that. You don't you don't need that super thick line and that's just gonna end up hurting you in the end because something'll be able to see it. And it might be that, you know, trophy fish right. that sees it and so, passes it
0: up. So for someone like me living here in western Pennsylvania And say I had absolutely nothing, what would you recommend me going out and get if I was going to fish around this
1: area? I think like a safe bet for pretty much anybody, if they're just going to go and fish ponds and like, you know, rivers is like a, like smaller, smaller rivers or creeks is like a medium or medium light rod, like seven foot, a reel to like the comparable size and probably like eight, 10 pound test on it. Okay, and do you recommend people
0: tying their own leaders, or do you? Re- um,
1: I really don't think I mean there's there's not many times where like if you're using a conventional rod, you actually need a leader. Personally, okay. The only time that I think you need a leader is like if you're fishing for something that's toothy, like a like a pike or a muskie. or a gar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, guards are pretty. They're like another thing to catch. Like they. Half the time, they'll steal your bait because their, mouth their mouths are so thin. Well, okay. Well, we're definitely going to have
0: to go fishing this summer t- sometime. Gonna oh, have to, absolutely. You're going to have to show I would love to buy a fly fishing rod. I would need your advice into figuring out what I could actually buy and what absolutely. I should get. But I would love – I think I would be a lot more into fly fishing than regular fishing. Because I think my thing is sitting there with my my rod in the water my line in the water not catching anything just gets boring for me. But if I'm actually doing something, I feel like even if yeah. I'm not catching something, I'd still have a lot more fun than That's just sitting That's the thing. There. You're,
1: you're constantly doing something with fly fishing. And I have – I mean, I have an extra rod that you can for sure use if we oh, go. Yeah, like, if so you... you don't. That's another thing too is like if you have friends to go – that want you to go – and they have extra tackle and stuff, ask them if you can use it for Before the first couple times because it's... I mean, if you're not... There's just some people that just... I mean, even though they want to get into fishing, they just can't. They don't want to. Right, or they don't really, have the time they don't, or the money. Or, exactly. And, yeah. I mean, fishing... Fishing can be cheap, but it also can be expensive. For me, it's expensive because I love it and I spend a ton of money so on addict. it. It's just like me and guns. I spend so 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 much money on fishing. <laughs> Have you ever gone in on
0: any uh, like big fishing trips or anything like that, or do you just try and do like your own, own I mean, thing when it comes to it?
1: Um, I was uh, I went to Canada a couple times uh to a lake. Um, I went to two different lakes, um, and it was pretty fun. I went for a week each time and, you know, it was like a, it wasn't a fly-in trip or anything. It was, um, you know, like probably, you know, from here it's like a 12 hour drive or whatever. Um, dirt road for a while and everything, but we stayed in like our own cabin and then got our own, like they provided us with a boat or whatever. And we went for a week and fish for pike and walleye and smallmouth, and it was a freaking blast. That sounds like fun. It was yeah. so much. we we'll have to.
0: We'll have to see if even maybe if we can do a camping trip this year, if we can find maybe a spot that has some good fishing territory, and we can. Uh, you could show me show me the ropes, or I oh, guess yeah. show me the lines, if it will, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was a terrible pun, <laughs> 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 but. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on, man. We've been on, we've been going for an hour now. Whew. Um, so, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to go out sometime, go fishing. Um, yeah, whenever, for sure. Whenever you can get down here, or maybe I can even come up to you. We could do something up up there, but. Um, uh, and to all you listeners, uh, like I said before, go ahead and go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. That helps us out a lot. Um, it's going to help get the podcast out to you people um, and a lot more people around the all around the whole world. we got a listener in Germany. Um, I don't know who you are, but you should go leave an iTunes review because that would make me feel real happy. Um, and then if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you could give me an email at sitinwithsal at gmail.com. And... Until next time, remember history, prepare for the future, and live in the present. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, no problem. Glad to have me on. To see you guys.